Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It is 9.06. Good to have you with us on a penny for your thoughts here on our show today. Brought to you by Berkey's, your hometown Kubota dealer. We do this uh, Monday morning show with the Monday morning quarterbacks. Lauren Tate will join us here in a moment. We've got Bruce Weber coming up, too. We'll get him on the line. The, of course, former Illini coach. Led the Illini to the national championship game. He's analyst uh, analyst this year now after uh, leaving Kansas State and uh, doing a great job on Big Ten Network. So we'll talk to Bruce Weber here in just a little bit. Super Bowl, Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. Illini men beat Rutgers over the weekend 69-60. Purdue loses to Northwestern. And uh, what's going on with the Big Ten race? We'll get into all of that with uh, Bruce Weber coming up here after the break. Again, uh, and then, of course, a lot of Illini sports. Baseball gets started this week. Softball had five games over the weekend down in Florida. So the spring sports are gearing up. Winter sports are heading down the stretch. And we're about a month out from the Big Ten uh, basketball tournament for the men. The women have a big game coming up Sunday against Penn State after a loss to Maryland. We'll talk about that as well during the course of the two hours. But first, this timeout, Lauren joins me and Bruce Weber as well next after this timeout here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Get the answers for your lawn and garden problems from the Prairie Gardens Plant Experts live Saturday mornings at 8.15 here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. I-L-L-I-N-I chance up. Here is Meyer in the lane. Left wing Hawkins drives around Mulcahy to the basket and he slams it in. 4 nothing Illinois. Right around Mokehi, smokes it through the basket. All right, we're back on a penny for your thoughts. Our Monday morning quarterback show, Lauren Tate is here. Our show today brought to you by Berkey's, your hometown Kubota dealer, 2202 High Cross Road in Urbana. Mr. Tate, how are you, sir? Very good. Good to see you. Yeah. Oh, saw you hanging out with Darren Williams well, over yeah, the weekend. We, yeah, he was, he was having a good time at the game. He and and um, Manny and, and uh, Rick Schmidt, we, it was a good group there yeah. that night. Yeah, and and a good second half of defense for the Illini. Did you ever see him play better defense? In that stretch, it was, uh, it was fun to watch. You hold him scoreless for 10 minutes, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, we got a guy that knows about defense. Uh, Coach Bruce Weber is on the line with us. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good to talk. Get be on with you. Yeah. Well, uh, did you watch the Super Bowl last night? Oh yeah. 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 Great game. Um, obviously, living in Kansas the, the last ten years, uh, we got a chance to go to some Chiefs games, and I guess we. Um, I grew up by birth a uh, Packer fan. You know, growing up in Wisconsin, but uh, living in Kansas City, and just uh, I like Andy Reid and obviously Patrick Mahomes. 
is so dynamic. Uh, we become a team fan. I, we we actually took our whole family a couple weeks ago, the, the last home game hmm. when they beat the Broncos. So uh, the grand two of the grandkids live in Kansas City, so they had posters and jerseys, and they were they were ready to go cheering for the Chiefs. Yeah, well, it was a big day in sports yesterday. Had the Super Bowl. Uh, Purdue goes down at Northwestern. Uh, that was quite a quite a game there too, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing to be honest. And I, I, you know, Northwestern has battled all year. They've been the surprise. Um, you know, Chris Lowry, my former assistant, has joined Chris Collins' staff this summer, and he kept telling me over the summer and uh, into the fall that you know he says, "Hey, we got some pretty good guards, and our guys are a good group, and they enjoy each other." and he says, I, I don't think we're as bad as everyone says. And But when I would talk to all the media, they would just tell me, oh, they're awful. Don't, <laughs> they're not going to be a factor. Well, uh, they're a factor now. So um, it's great for Chris Collins for the program. And, and uh, you know, really good game plan yesterday. Uh, you know, they were so good defensively. And they had that you got to be physical against Purdue if you're going to have a chance. And, and their guards, experienced guards, Kind of had the best of the young guards, uh, but Purdue's fine. They're they're <laughs> they're a really good team, and they're they're going to continue to win games. And I think they'll go deep in the tournament. Well, Bruce, this is Lauren. Uh, the thing that that got me, of course, thirteen turnovers in the second half by Purdue is obviously yeah. the reason why they lost. And and the double teaming of Edie late, I thought, was really effective. And, uh, you know, Purdue just uh, in that stretch of time, they were outscored 12 to 1 at the end. They just didn't respond to it. I think you have to gamble a little bit. You know, pick your poison. And in this case, uh, that's what they did, wasn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt. And and other teams have tried to do it. I think the thing I, uh, when I talk with Matt Pater, and I talk to Matt almost every week, uh, you know, for sure, like every 10 days or so, um, teams that, that post trap, that double team, if they do it part of their system, they're good on the scrambles out of there. Uh, Zach Eady passes the ball so well. Mm-hmm. I remember going back to practices at the beginning of the year when I went to their practice, and all he had him, he knew anticipating what was going to happen. He really had Zach, pass, you know, working on pivoting, seeing the court. Uh, we always talk about a two-eyed passer from that post trap. If you're one-eyed, you don't see the guy shooting the gap, and they get the steal. And that happened yesterday, a couple times. Um, but you know, he anticipated that, but Northwestern, that's part of their regular defense. And they're not only good at the post traps, but they're good at the scrambles out of it. And they just, they disrupted them and the crowd got involved. The the fans at Northwestern have been really good. I I went to a game early in the year and there was, you know, no energy in the building and that, but it's, it's definitely different now as the season has progressed. Yeah, the, the stats on that were 16 turnovers by Purdue and 17 missed threes. That's a lot of failed possessions, and I, th- I think that's uh, well. Of course, they didn't they didn't score their normal number of points, did they? they Purdue yeah. was way off on. The, and by the way, the freshman finally had a, a, a combined off game. They were two out of 13. Smith and Lawyer. Yeah, usually one of them seems to step up, and and they've been very uh, gutsy. I think for freshmen, very poised. Uh, but yesterday was definitely not the case. And again, credit to Northwestern and the crowd and being on the road. And, um, you know, I, I really think for Purdue in the long run, the Indiana game, Northwestern game, I think it's going to help them. 
um, you know, help them, you know, figure out what their weaknesses are. You know, your goal, obviously, they want to win the league. I know that's important to them, but also to advance in the tournament, and you want to be prepared for as many different style defenses, different situations as possible, and, um, you know, hopefully they take this as a, as a learning tool and they continue to get better and, uh, you know, but there's no doubt if you, if you can, if you have athletic guards and you can pressure their guards and, and you can, um, you know, how you you have it in your system, the post trap, uh, you know, it, it's definitely probably produce kryptonite, I guess, or it gives you a chance to mm-hmm. beat them. And, um, and that's what, you know, it all went right for Northwestern. I thought Northwestern had good looks early in the half, second half, and they just didn't make the shots. And then, the, then they finally started making them in the stretch run. And um, you know, like I said, a huge, huge win for mm-hmm. them. Again, visiting with Bruce Weber now with the uh, Big Ten Network. Are you having fun with that? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's been fun. You know, it gets me, keeps me busy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when for. 40, 40 some years of your life when you work seven days a week, almost, you know, 340 days a year, um, you know, to, to have not a team, don't have a team, don't have practice, don't have all that stuff. You know, you want to stay a little busy and, and it's, it's been good. The people at Big Ten Network are great. Uh, the, uh, you know, Dave Revs and Rick Pizzo, Mike Hall, they're just so professional. They're great guys. They help me. Uh, it's been fun with, uh, you know, I had Steve Bardo last week. I was with Rayfield Davis, uh, um, R- Robbie Hummel quite a bit, uh, you know, so that, that's that been great. I haven't been with Trent Meacham. We tease each other on text, and, you know, he wants to be with me, and then he can tell all my stories, but uh, we haven't <laughs> been able to get together yet. Maybe maybe when the tournament starts, we'll, we'll be together in Chicago. Bruce, you talk to a lot of coaches, uh, and we're hearing things, you know, uh, secondhand about – unhappiness with the uh, with the transfer stuff and by the way i just saw where new mexico state's going to ha- going to have to replace their whole team yeah they I mean, suspended their season wow yeah. boy that's a stunner but but uh, how do you uh, how do you react personally to being you you had a piece of it but it's even gotten worse i think since you since you retired here at least temporarily what do you think well you know obviously i don't think the the coaches were not for the portal all along. I, I don't know if there were anybody for that. Um, you know, it's just, it, we always said it was going to be the wild, wild west. And now when you throw the portal in with the NIL, um, now it really becomes the wild, wild west. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'll be honest, I don't think it's sustainable. Um, the, especially the NIL, I, I just see it, you see it happening already. Um, unhappiness in locker rooms, unhappiness with players, not paying the players what they promised. Supposedly it wasn't supposed to be, you could promise that it was supposed to, they were supposed to work their own contract out when they got to the school, but obviously that's not the case. And, um, you know, my thing too, is I talk to boosters. I, you know, I've been at these different schools and still friends with them. And, you know, they, they give money to these players and they don't mind that the players are, you know, taken care of, but, but then the player leaves or he doesn't perform well. I just, I just wonder how it's all going to work out over the next few years. And, um, and then when a player transfers, uh, you guys had it with Sky Clark in the middle of the year, mm-hmm. you know, does he still get the money? I, you know, and then, you know, if I'm a person who donates my good money to a program and the kid's not in our program, you know, it, it just, it, 
a lot of it doesn't make sense. And I, and again, I'm not against paying the players. Uh, I, I think that people didn't realize on the outside how well they were taken care of the last five to 10 years. It definitely changed. Um, and, you know, it's definitely different than, you know, when Darren was there and D and those guys, we got them summer jobs just so they could, they could have some money in their pocket and, um, you know, and, and definitely way different than when I started when you couldn't get financial aid or anything, you know. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting how it all transpires here. And, um, you know, the thing that the other part is I'm about college athletics. I'm about getting a degree and giving the young man a chance to grow and get a degree and have a chance in life. And I'm not sure that model right now <laughs> is very, very important uh, and mm. You know, for me, it's disappointing that mm. that that part of it. And, you know, the thing I found too. You know, when kids leave programs, then all of a sudden, real life hits. Who do they call? You know, if they're going to three, four programs, which coach are they going to call and <laughs> and to need help? And and I I have whether it's guys from Illinois or even back to Purdue back in the you know eighties, I still have players call me and ask for help and. You know, and you know they stayed four years, and they, you know, were part of our program, and I can, I can at least make calls and give them help, and you know, but when people just keep leaving programs, and you know, who are they going to go to? And that's what I don't think kids don't see the mm. long-term value and all that, and the, and probably not the parents either. To be honest, yeah. Bruce Weber is with us here this morning. Uh, Illinois got a win over Rutgers over the weekend. Uh, you don't see many nineteen zero. Uh, runs or 10-minute scoring droughts, but uh, but that's what happened. Your take on Illinois, what you've seen from start of the year, what Brad Underwood's done now, and, and um, what do you think of their chances going forward here? Well, obviously, I have some connection and watch them closely and, you know, talk to Chester Fraser off and on and, and you know, try to stay connected and, you know, but – they, he's done a nice job, and again, you, you got an, a lot of new guys. It's not again. That's part of it, Lauren. You asked before the portal, the NIL, new players, new groups. You know, trying to get them the stability. Uh, you know, talking to Tom Izzo last last week. I think it was. You know, he just talked about the inconsistency nationwide of of teams, and that's because yeah. I don't think you have that. You don't have that consistency of kids being in the program like our group from from 02 03 to you know to the next year and and um you know so it it definitely makes a a difference to have that stability and and i i think they've evolved as a team um you know i, I obviously brad has had to try to connect with them and motivate them and uh get them to play together uh i love the freshmen and you know i think the consistency is the key um with with them if they you know can it's always it's easier as a coach if your best players play well it makes it so much easier but if you don't know what you're going to get from your best guys it's hard to know how <laughs> how the game can end up so uh and that doesn't mean they have to make shots every time but they got to do what they do every game the things you can control and i think that's the key for them moving forward a big big week week coming up uh, mm -hmm. and that was a huge win against Rutgers there's no doubt and Rutgers has trouble scoring and um, obviously that showed up in the second half and you know but now for the Illini what at Penn State and at Indiana right, right. Coming yeah. up. so mm -hmm. uh, you know, hu huge week for them Penn State's dying a slow death right now and 
and Indiana's as hot as anybody in the in the league in the country. Mm-hmm. I know you've probably faced this before. Luke Goody's been out all year, uh, and he got five yeah. minutes the other day. And I think one thing Illinois lacked is just a consistent three point forty two percent three point shooter. I mean, uh, Meyer can get his, and yeah. Shannon is streaky, but. Uh, how do you work a guy like that back in when you've just kind of got everybody settled into their role? Yeah, it, it it's really hard, and it's it's difficult, um, you know, to make that decision as a coach, and and you know, but if if he can do it consistently in practice and earn his keep, it helps with the other players, um, you know. But it's hard to just put him in there if he, if he's not doing it consistently in practice and. I haven't been obviously been to practice as of late, and you don't have as many practices when you get into games. So you know it, that's a tough thing for him. And but if he can give them a little consistency, and especially shooting the basketball, um, you know that could be a nice nice added piece to them as they go into this stretch run. What's going on with Ohio State? Uh, they just they've fallen uh, off here lately. Okay. You know, it's funny, Eddie DeCellis, the old Penn State coach, we stay in touch. He's at Navy and did an unbelievable job, but he just texted me yesterday. It's the same thing. He said, what's going on? I just watched them, and um, I had their game early. I talked with Chris Holtman. I, I, you know, obviously, Sensible's, if not the best freshman, one of the top in, in the league, in the country, to be honest, and, and they have other talent, but it's crazy how their season, after that Purdue game and that, you know, difficult, tight loss to them, the mental part, it just kind of went the other way. And, and I just can't figure it out. Uh, you know, Coach Holtman all along told me he was worried about their defense and they had some young guys and new guys. And, and you know, it just um, – he, he was struggling getting them to guard and they haven't defended very well. But for a long time they were scoring, but they – they weren't uh, defending. Now, now they're even trouble having trouble scoring. So, um, I don't know what it is. They they definitely have some talent. He's a good coach. He's proven it. Uh, but I guess right now that you un- that uniqueness of that group is is not very co- connected. And, you know, they, and they, that's I think that's what you see. And Bruce, they don't seem to have much strength in the post. I mean, they don't have a a big scoring yeah. punch in there. When you play Indiana, you. You know, you're you're caught with how do you defend the the darn guy and how do you defend Edie and and they're a good guy. Listen, the guy for uh, Cliff uh, uh, Morey, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he's a he's a force too. The this the this break in that game, uh, Bruce, in the Illinois game against Rutgers was when he went onto the bench with two fouls. And by wow. the way, yes. why do yes. you crazy co- why do you crazy coaches take him out and with two <laughs> fouls every time? <laughs> well, if you remember back uh, one, one of those big games in St. Louis against Carolina, uh, James Augustine got a foul and before I could take him out, he got another one and then I he know. never got to play. So it's just yeah. You know, it's a hard thing. I think that's a that's again, and I've done it. If you start dying, if you're winning the game, you, you live without him, mm-hmm. um, and you, you know, try to you save him for the next part. But um, you know, if 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 you start dying a slow death, now you put him back in there and you take your chances, maybe because they do play zone and they do some things. You can maybe hide him a little bit, um, you know. But that, I I and that foul he had a. It was a cheap one. I think his second one was kind of a cheap one on the baseline, and mm-hmm. um, you know that they again, you, your best players got to play well, but they also to play well, they got to be on the court. And 
and he is definitely a difference maker for well, them. Well, Illinois in that first half was playing about as bad as they can play. They were just awful. They were making turnovers, and yet when it was all over, they were still within, within three, four. three or four yeah. points, and I thought, you know, they, they've still got a chance, but the problem would be he, Cliff is coming back now. And and you're right. I mean, yeah. a lot of times a coach will go along as long as his team's leading. He won't put his player back in with two fouls. And he didn't. And they got away with that. But in the second half, they just crumbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, they've, they've troubled scoring all year if, you've, uh, mm-hmm. if you follow them closely. Yeah. Their defense is carrying them. If they get steals and get transition off their defense, they're, they're a much better offensive team. And mm. Mulcahy is a really good player, and I, everybody. I didn't watch it closely last year because I had I was worried about my team. But just talking to everyone, they said the stretch run he scored the ball all the time, and and now he just doesn't seem to be scoring as much. He's distributing, and mm-hmm. uh, and then McConnell just has it. You know, I I didn't I don't know what he ended up Saturday, but the game before he really struggled at Indiana and. And I think two for twelve or something like that. I was in the studio that night, and you know, they again, you're it helps if your best players <laughs> score the basketball next shot. Yeah, it's pretty simple that way. Uh, with Bruce Weber for a couple more minutes. I know you work for the Big Ten, but a lot of people think the Big Twelve may be the best uh, conference. Uh, with you know, Kansas State's doing well, Iowa State, Baylor. Uh, what do you think overall? Well, you know, it's. If you go back in my 10 years in the Big 12, and I didn't, I'll be honest, when I got there, I didn't know anything about it. And it, it, it is a really good conference. I think we were number one RPI or net rating, uh, of my 10 years, at least eight of the years and maybe nine. So, um, it, it just, the the league evolved. It used to be basically just Kansas and then, you know, Texas. And, but obviously what Scott Drew has done is amazing. Um, you know, Iowa State has had their good runs and they're on another good run. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma are better. And, um, you know, even it hugs it, it, it. That's the crazy thing. I, when I look at it, they got some of those teams in the tournament and they're like, they have three or four wins in the league. I, I, to me, you got to get at least seven or eight. I know the lowest from when I was there, uh, Oklahoma Lawn was 7-11 and 11 in the league and got in the tournament, but their non-conference was so tough, that gave, and they won in the non-conference, so it gave them a, a nice leg up on everybody. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it all evolves. It, it's, it's a good conference. Obviously, you're comparing 10 to 14 uh, teams, and... Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a good year for for both leagues, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, very much similar. If you look in the middle of the pack, you you have a bunch of teams all you know eight and sixes or whatever, nine and fives or whatever it might be. So yeah. I guess you have great balance. You, you, you lose a couple games, you're, you're yeah. You, you lose a couple games, you go from you're third eighth to place tenth. or ninth. Yeah. yeah, tenth place. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and that's why we talked about Illini this week, and and yeah. you know Penn State already beat them, so I hope they have some motivation there. Um, you know, Indiana obviously will be a, already beat them too, so you got two road games where you lost two home games. So we'll see how they turn it around this week. It'll be mm-hmm. huge. Um, you know, and then they got – is the Minnesota game thrown in then next, yes. next week? Next yeah, Monday, so yeah, a week from the day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now, it's not an easy place to put it, but, um, you know, hopefully they can come home and play well and, and get a win there too and have a good 
good momentum here as we get into the last part of the season. Somebody was asking why the Crush and the fans were booing the one Rutgers player. They were booing Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of a crowd uh, draws the ire of the crowd. Somebody also wanted to know, uh, Coach, uh, how your family's doing and where you're living now. Somebody was asking that. Yeah, we um, we sold our house in Manhattan and we we bought a, a condo near our daughter. One of our daughters, our oldest, has twins and um, her and her husband, Taylor Pope, a Champagne resident uh, or grow, born and raised in Champaign. Uh, they have four-year-old twins, so we try to help as much as we can with them. We got other two in Kansas City I mentioned, and then our, our baby Emily and her husband Spencer Harris, the former Illini football player, they live in Dallas. So we try to rotate between all those guys and see them and be hang, be good grandparents and good parents. And and then uh, we, we've we had a place in Florida for a while, and we kind of rotate going down there for a week or so and then uh, coming back. So um, actually, Lauren, I had lunch with David Sholem yesterday in, oh, did in you? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So Does he still represent both. you? Yeah, he's yeah, good friend. And mm-hmm. yes, so. very good. Well, it's always great yeah. to catch up with you, Coach. You're doing a great job, and uh, I know being in this profession is a new part for you. But I think everybody will take your call, those other coaches. So you get a lot of insight. I think that comes through on the broadcast with, that you do. Yeah. So it's fortunate, to, you know that. Right now, they trust me. I always tell them I'm my coach trying to help the media. I'm not the media, so, so they listen. But uh, well, um, yeah. But a great article, Lauren, in the paper, the Chicago paper, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it got carried away. Didn't made him look good, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How'd they do that? Yeah, that's so. really a hard job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We saw Darren was uh, in town. They renovated up in yeah, center. So saw we saw that. Darren. So I, I was going to call him this week. Um, Actually, D is is done really well. Um, I, I, they were in first place a week ago. I'm not sure where they are now at at Roosevelt, and I was going to try to catch up with him. And James Augustine is back in the country, and I, I told him we were going to have lunch in February when I'm up in Chicago, and um, try to stay in touch with as many guys as possible. We're actually they're honoring my Sweet Sixteen team at at Carbondale this upcoming weekend. 20th anniversary of that thing so we got all our guys going back for the SIU game and they're battling for first and second place Mm -hmm. so uh, try to you know fun memories and great to see all the guys even those guys we had a thing a fundraiser in the fall they even talked about if it was if they would not be there they a lot of them said if Porter was there and NIL was there. They would not be there celebrating a Sweet 16. It was interesting to hear their perspective about that because mm-hmm. they said if they would have had those options when when it got tough, like you know, a lot of kids they just leave. So, so for those guys to say that and appreciate uh, having the chance to uh, be you know be a Sweet 16 team and have unbelievable memories and degrees from from Southern, it's uh, you know it's a, it's a positive thing. Well, I'm assuming we'll see you up in Chicago at the Big Ten tournament. So we'll look yeah, forward forward to I, that. They actually, I guess I'm doing okay. They invited me to do that, so I'll be there for the whole thing. So well, that's always good. It's, it's always good. Fun, it's always good when you make the postseason. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's right. I got yeah, I got a bid. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. They said then they then I went last. I asked last week. First, they invited me to do it about two weeks ago, and I was you know I asked Megan, and she said yeah. And how many days? So last week I asked. How many days is it? 
And he goes, oh, no one told you. He said, you got to be there Tuesday until Monday. And I said, oh, my goodness. So <laughs> we got six days, and they said, did you know there's four games a day on two of them? And so it's going to be a busy – Bruce, that's, why you, fight to, that's why you fight to be among the top four teams so you, you can do pass up. That, yeah. yeah, you can yes, miss a couple. A I don't get a bye. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Coach, great to catch up. Thank uh, you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye, guys. See you later. That's uh, Bruce Weber. Always fun to talk with Bruce. So, and uh, he does a great job on the TV, doing a good job. He's just a natural talker. He is. That's <laughs> right. Nine thirty-seven. Let me get a break in. Got to get to some news. The uh, news brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since eighteen sixty-five. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Hey, it's Colin Likas from the News Gazette. Join us tonight at 6 o'clock for Prep Basketball Confidential, right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Now throws it on the left wing. Fourth shot is short. Thrown up on the left wing. Missed badly that time by Hyatt. Coming the other way. Harris for three. Got it. Harris with a three. Timeout, Rutgers. All right, so the Illini win by nine over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and it was the first made three of the day. don't know if you had that on the bingo card, but uh, it was Sincere Harris with the made three to uh, make their first one of the day, and they didn't shoot nearly as many in the second half and made a better percentage, and the Illini get the nine-point win over the Scarlet Knights. Illini women fell to Maryland. Another one of those games, Lauren, where they had a lead, double-digit lead, and then the third quarter there uh, caught up with them. Yeah, just like the Ohio State game, they are not handling in certain situations the full-court press. Turnover after turnover in that period, that just reverses the game on you. They were playing – heck, they had a nine-point lead at half, I believe. Was it 27? Uh, it was nine, it was – yeah, at I least. Think it was nine, and, yep. and, and then it just – it disappears so fast when, when they crumble like that. And I, I know that they missed Bryant – who was a key member of the team, and I hope she gets back this week. I don't know whether she will or not. I mean, it, got a she, week in between games she didn't, here. She did not make the trip, mm-hmm. but you know, Maryland's pretty good. Well, they're in ranked eighth in the country. Yeah, so and, I mean, and it so you can't. You, you just the, the shame of it from uh, from my viewpoint is that we Illinois got really good guards. They got a couple players that can really drive to the hoop really well. And it's a shame you couldn't. If you could break that doggone press, you pressure. You know the full court pressure. You could build. A, you could build on that lead. But instead, the the turnovers just reverse it in a hurry. The Illini women now with uh, 19 wins, seven losses, and they're nine and six in the Big Ten. They host Penn State Sunday at two, and it's uh, Teresa Grant's coming back mm-hmm. in town on yeah. Sunday. So that'll be uh, fun. Uh, Tech says, your segments with Bruce are good radio. Very enjoyable discussion. Thank you, they say. All right, we do appreciate that. 941 at DWS. Uh, Alan is with us here this morning. Hello, sir. Morning, guys. I was at the game uh, Saturday, and, Lon, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I had three keys to that game. First one was Cliff Murray getting in foul trouble in the first half where – Danger and Hawkins could score a little bit, keep us close at halftime, even though Meyer and Shannon did nothing that first half, and we only shot one for 12. Uh, second of all, <clears throat> I thought after McConnell and McKay had 20 points, I said we had to figure out a way to shut them down, and we did. 
they only scored, uh, I think, a basket each early in the second half, and they didn't do anything until the end of the game. I thought that was key number two. And then the uh, third key, I can't remember anymore. But uh, <laughs> oh, shoot, okay. shooting, hold, hold them scoreless shooting. for ten minutes. That might be uh, yeah, that, yeah, that might that be good. <laughs> third key was uh, shooting three pointers. I was sitting next to a friend of mine. I said, "We have to make some three pointers. We're not going to win this game." Well, we did. We made a few, four out of eight, which helped the bunch. Uh, Lauren, did you uh, have you ever been to Taylorville High School? The answer to that is, I don't think so. I don't think oh, I have really? been. Man, very, you ought to go there very unique place. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I, I know the history of it, you know, with the Orr and Bon Temps and the great team back there and in the 40s. Ridley. And John Orr was my personal hero when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. you know, and then, of course, I, I, I knew uh, – you know, I've, I, I'm aware of the of the history of it, and I, I'm well. I'm trying to think of the, of the of the female player we had out of Taylor, the Taylor War tor- Tornado, Allison Curtin. Allison Curtin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Yen Kawawa Java was there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing I noticed on there was freshmen allowed to play back in the '40s in the NCAA college. I'm sorry. What was that question again? Was freshmen allowed to play? Freshmen. freshmen allowed to play when? Like forty-five. Well, oh no, uh, Johnny. Well, there might have been a year in there during the war, but but the answer basically is no. Well, the reason why I'm asking is I read the plaque on Johnny Orr. Mm-hmm. They play. I think he played as a freshman. Yeah. Forty-four. They were state champions undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forty-five, he went to U of I, mm-hmm. and he was all uh, honorable mention, all Big Ten. Forty-five. Yeah, I think he it was a year there. I, yeah, there, I think there might have been more than one year where during the war. Yeah, but after that, they were the freshmen were not eligible. Okay, and forty-six, he didn't play anywhere. Well, he he, he left Illinois. I mean, he. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I'm coming to. 47, 48, 49, he went to Beloit College, uh, assuming that was Wisconsin, and he was All-American there. Yeah. Why he, did he leave U, U of I after his freshman year? He he joined his head coach from Taylorville uh, at at Beloit, and okay. and, uh, and Bon Temps went with him. They went together. The, the same high school players went up to Beloit and played there. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Bon Temps was uh, Ron Bon Temps' son? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Hmm. There you go. All right. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh Appreciate you. Somebody asked, whatever happened to Allison Curtin? Well, she had a really good career. She transferred, and I looked that up about some time back, and I'm I'm forgotten where she transferred to, but she was terrific. Mm -hmm. Was it Iowa State? Could have been like that. I'm several really good years. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly when that was. But uh, 9.46 at DWS. Let me get a break in here. We'll come back with some more with Lauren Tate. We had Bruce Weber for the first portion of the show, about 25 minutes or so. If you missed some of that uh, or any of that, we'll uh, have the podcast up for you up and running a little uh, later today on WDWS.com. Uh, no coaches show tonight, by the way, because we're traveling to Penn State. Plane leaves uh, today. 
uh, this afternoon, mid-afternoon for State College. We'll do tomorrow morning's show from State College, Pennsylvania, just an hour for me tomorrow on Valentine's Day, and then the game at 6 o'clock tomorrow night on Valentine's Night. Back after this. Out top to Ty Rogers, entry pass, dangerous spin, up and in. Danger with 13, and the Illini have a lead of 7. 13-0 run. Right of the lane. With it is Rutgers, and Danger rips it away from Wolfel. The big fellow steals it. Harris hopping his way down court. Right wing, Hawkins. Hawkins out top to Harris. The Illini reset. Left wing, Rodgers. Looking inside for Danger. Now to Harris. Harris, eight to shoot. In trouble. Now to Meyer. Baseline drive. Floater, good! And one. Back on a penny for your thoughts. Action from uh, Saturday in the 69-60 win for Illinois. Penn State is tomorrow night on the road, and we all remember what they did to – well, really what's what's happening this week is the two teams that beat us at home, our only two losses, are Indiana and Penn State. And they weren't close. (laughs) And they weren't close, and that's where we're going this week. And both both, uh, used the same system kind of with with Pickett backing us down or – Jackson Davis backing us down. Mm-hmm. And we weren't able to stop either one. So. No. so we'll see what happens uh, Tuesday and Saturday. Will we double team Jackson Davis this time? Yeah. And what do we do with Pickett? Well, you just got to fight him. I, I don't know. I, you you got to get help on him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he he's not a... He's not the prolific scorer that Jackson Davis is, but he gets his points. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get, get me wrong, but... He passes out of there extremely well, so you, you have to be alert to that because he's a ball handler. Dave may have an answer for us on Allison Curtin. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you guys doing? Good. What's going on? Uh, two things. First of all, I believe Allison Curtin left Illinois went to Tulsa. Yeah, mm. that's what I thought. I, I kind of okay. remember Tulsa, yeah. and I was afraid to say it. And I looked that up about, I'd say, six weeks ago or something. I looked it up, and she had really good scoring there. Oh yeah, she was uh, she was great. I'm not sure she was all American, but it seemed like she did outstanding. I, I think she was uh, all league, if nothing else. Uh, oh yeah, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I knew it was somewhere west of here, but I couldn't think of which. But before we're went. off the Taylorville thing, Dolph Stanley moved from Taylorville to Beloit, and I I got a hunch that because the players had to sit out a year when they transferred, that Orr might have had to sit out a year and then played uh, maybe two or three years for Dolph Stanley at Beloit. And and the guys that were on the Illinois team at the time when he was here. Oh, well, if he stayed in 47, he's got the Whiz kids. he got Mickey, Smiley, uh, Phillip, Vance. Those four were going to be in the lineup. You had Edelman. You had uh, Fred Green. You had a whole flock of players that were – Coming back from the war, Illinois was loaded with talent. And and 49, they they were a Final Four team, and, of course, they were in 51 and 52 also. But but the, the big disappointment was 47. They finished second to Wisconsin in the Big Ten, and only one team went to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Dave? Yes, one other thing. <clears throat> uh, I'm from the Canton, Illinois area originally. You know, backward. Now Dave Downey's on stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's a couple of years older than I am, but uh, 
You had a guy on your show who wrote the book about the stream of players from Peoria mm-hmm. to the U of I, and uh, you guys went clear back to Derek Holcomb and Mark Smith. But I can remember also being a big Illinois fan all through the slush fun times and early 70s uh, where I you know, was a teenager and such that I remember as a player from Peoria Spalding named Alvin O'Neill, who was a terrific player who went to U of I, I think Gene Bartow recruited him, I think, but I'm not positive. Yeah, that turned out really bad. I mean, you know, he, he oh, got... Oh, really? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, he was arrested and... and um, oh, I was not aware of that. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a disastrous freshman class. He was in the same class as Chris Berryman, who committed suicide uh, as a very young man, and and the other uh, player was Billy Morse, who, uh, who had a very brief stay here. And transferred. I think he went back to St. Louis. He was from St. Louis, and yeah, uh, and and that's what really cost Harv his uh, his career here as a coach because he just they had so many problems there in that period. Isn't that the time when they used to have also a kid named Rick Howitt? You used to call him the Howitt, sir. He's good. good Rick, to- Rick Howitt was on Harv's team. He was a yeah. He's I think he might have been the leading scorer. Oh, okay, yeah. He, yeah, that he was the a- team when. But yeah, uh, that, I'm trying to remember the names of those players. But they had a great yeah. player from uh, Pekin, um, Fred Miller. Fred Miller, that's right, and um, and the big guy at center. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm just missing the my memory's gone. Rux, Bill Rux. No, no, that's no, later. Well, Rux okay. was here, but yeah, yes, Rux was here. But but uh, Harv had a a big center uh, from Chicago. And uh, he had a, a serious back problem, and and he never mm. developed quite as much as they hoped. But but Rick Howe was a was a leading scorer, and they had Win Miller, uh, Win Miller who played baseball on that team. He was a basketball player guard. But Howard Howe was a dead eye shooter. Mm. Oh, I loved him. Yeah, he used to climb the Howitzer. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, now is this this is before Greg Jackson? No, that was Greg Jackson, who I was trying to remember. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember. I remember him and Rudy Topjanovich from Michigan used to get in some real uh, scoring battles. One mm-hmm. time at Champaign, like, of course, Topjanovich couldn't stop the guy. He'd come up there and bomb one away and swish it and, and throw the ball into Rick, to Greg Jackson. He'd come back and, and make the basket. And they, I think they had like a game, like 30-some 30, 30 to 30-some points, it seems like. Hmm. And I can remember my, one of my favorite play, plays as a kid while I was a, in my 20s at the time, but a, a guard drove into Greg Jackson, <laughs> smacked into him. The guy fell to the ground and was kind of dazed, and they caught a charging foul, and Greg Jackson wasn't even budged. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what happens with, that's what happens with Edie now over at Purdue. Well, well kind of like their Kofi yeah. Pauly, too, yeah. now. But Greg Jackson was a big guy, but yeah. I, always liked, I always liked him. So, Well, thanks, folks. Hey, good thank you, Dave. Good to, good to hear from you. Uh, the 1945 Taylorville team went 45-0. and That's a lot of basketball. It's a lot of games, a lot of yeah. tournaments, I yeah. guess. They were really good. Yeah, well, <laughs> record speaks for that's itself. A, that's about the time that Champagne was really good in those, those in same, same years, days. in those yep. 40s, you know. You're right. Uh, we got a couple minutes to go here. Steve, good morning. Yeah, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, what's your opinions of uh, the three-point shot? It used to be, uh, I thought it was a good thing, but uh, the kids here – college age seem to think that's the only shot there is and the pros if you watch the pros and i think they're actually called pros 
they don't shoot the ball as soon as they get it. They waste a little clock and play a little defense. When you throw the ball up and you miss it and you go down and the other team scores, you lose six points. I don't understand what's going on with college basketball. It just seems to be, uh, I don't know, I, I grew up in a different age uh, back in the 60s and stuff where I actually played the ball. I'm, you know, Defense was a big thing. Illinois could be a heck of a good team if they could learn how to shoot free throws. So hmm. I'll let you talk about your nostalgic players and everything. <laughs> All right. But it seems like you're talking about today. So hey. okay, I, Thank apologize. You. I apologize for Thank that. Thank you, Steve. No, that's I hey. wander into the history sometimes. That's okay, that's why. No, by that's the great. way, uh, Tom Casey really wandered back into black history with that column mm-hmm. in Sunday's Pay. What, what great stuff! There's a that's a that's a you know going back to the, the you know in, in the in the early 1940s there there were no black players in the, in the mm-hmm. until actually until World War II that kind of what opened it up really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there was, uh, I'm just thinking about uh, Manny Jackson being in town and mm-hmm. what a groundbreaker yeah. he was and all yeah. that he was involved with and how he and Colangelo became close, you know, different backgrounds and, and how they how successful they've been, which is why their names are on that court at Oven. So. And Mount Vernon won back-to-back state championships in 49 and 50, and they had Walt Moore on the team, and he became actually the first black player to play for the University of Illinois, but he went ineligible at the semester. Hmm. of his freshman year and by the way freshmen must have been eligible that year i think freshmen were eligible that year hmm. for okay. some reason yeah well i know for sure and uh you know back up uh, didn't really get resolved permanently until what the late 60s 69 early 70s when freshmen could start playing again right i mean uh yeah i remember witherspoon could not play yeah he was one of the last to mm-hmm. not be able to play as a friend when he would have been a starter on the team without right. a doubt. <laughs> would have been the best player, yeah. yeah. One of the best. Yeah. So yeah. No, I'm glad to I'm glad we're in the area we're in. But you know, kids are imitating got a minute to go here, but kids are imitating young kids are imitating what they see on T V and when Everybody Steph, when, shoots when, a three when and Steph you, Curry comes across that line, he's gonna shoot it. Go out and watch practice when they warm up. Yeah. They just stand at the three and shoot. Everybody does. <laughs> I was watching, uh, it's the 40-year anniversary of uh, NC State's run to the title uh, in the uh, NCAA tournament, Jim mm-hmm. Valvano and, mm-hmm. and Lorenzo Charles and all of that. And, and it was funny, the ACC put in the three-point line during the season for the ACC. And it was really short. And it was really short. That was the key. <laughs> it wasn't it, much more than a free throw. It was it? below the key, basically, mm-hmm. where the, you know, the yeah. top of the free throw circle. Yeah. So it was yeah. wild how short it was. So. Anyway, uh, 9.59, we've got the news coming up here at uh, 10 o'clock. And then we'll get into the Super Bowl a little bit and take your uh, phone calls, emails, and texts on that. And whatever else is on your mind, whether it's reminiscing or whatever, we'll, uh, we'll do it here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll be in State College, PA tomorrow. We have CBS News coming up here at the uh, top of the hour on WDWS Champaign-Urbana as we uh, head for 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. 
or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357, or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, 10 after 10, hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts, our Monday morning quarterback show. We do this every Monday during the Illini athletic season. We're in the dead center here of February coming up. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and we got uh, about, I don't know how many games left in the Big Ten season. Not a whole lot. We've got a bunch of them coming fast. You bet. (laughs) We've got three between today and next Tuesday. And the Big Ten standings, a little bit of a, a jolt yesterday with Northwestern. For the first time ever, beating a number one team. It had never yeah. happened before. Yeah, and they're now in position to make it so that both Illinois and Northwestern would make the NCAA tournament for the first time ever together. Together. <laughs> yeah, because the year they made it, the only year they've ever made it, we didn't make it. I Just several years in a row, I wrote stories for the paper, a, a, a column, on how bad the state of Illinois was doing in terms of teams in the NCAA tournament. And it's always been amazing to me with our population. Uh, you and I talked off the air on this, but but with the population you have in the state, you ought to have several teams getting in the NCAA tournament. You think there's 68 teams in it, right? Mm-hmm. 64 plus four, and yet there have been years that uh, that the, the state just doesn't turn out anybody. I mean, SIU's been down at times. I mean, Western and DePaul and and uh, Northern Illinois have had atrocious basketball records over time. And, uh, you know, we know that Northwestern hasn't done anything. And I and Bradley and, and Illinois State have been mostly mediocre. Loyola had a nice run, but um, now they're back at very average, I think. So maybe I'm exaggerating this, but it just seems to me that we ought to have more teams in the tournament all the time. 10-11 at DWS. Purdue now 12-3 and in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana's nine and five. Northwestern's nine and five. So they're in second place, and that's two and a half games back. Illinois is eight and five. They can get to nine and five with a win tomorrow night at Penn State. And then it's Maryland eight and six, Iowa eight and six, Rutgers eight and six, Michigan State eight and six, Michigan's eight and six, <laughs> and then Wisconsin six and eight, Penn State five and nine. They're the opponent tomorrow. Nebraska's five and ten. So Nebraska and Penn State have won the same number of games. And if you'd have told me that back in December, I wouldn't have believed you after they beat us here in, they in our They pretty building. good doing that, didn't they? Ohio State has lost six in a row. They're 3-11, and 11, and Minnesota's lost eight in a row. We play them a week from today. They're 1-12 in, in the Big Ten. So two games this week on the road at Penn State at Indiana. Today's show brought to you by Berkey's, your hometown Kubota dealer on High Cross Road in Urbana. Roost by Roger, one of our sponsors as well. And uh, maybe as we get closer to spring, you're thinking about a roof job. Well, the guys to reach out to are Roofs by Roger, 217-834-3800. Give them a call. If you uh, still have some siding to do, gutters, gutter guards, and windows, they do all that at the uh, time being. And, uh, again, they uh, you know work with the insurance companies on all this. They can finance your roof job. Uh, fully licensed and insured, rated A-plus with a BBB, quality craftsmanship, Professional staff, uh, just good folks top to bottom. Uh, Roofs by Rogers. Been at this a long time. Roger Ogletree. And uh, make sure you give them a call today if you're looking to get on that list. All right, we got some folks here, some texts. So somebody says, I enjoy the reminiscing. Uh, freshman became eligible fall of 72, someone says. 
Also, didn't Grants and Curtin have some issues? Allison ended up scoring 23 a game at Tulsa, got drafted, but never played in the WNBA. But Well, she got sideways with, with Grants, and that's why she left, I'm told. All right, let's go to the phones. Carl's with us next. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm in my chair, so things are going good. But anyway, uh, I was just wondering if you guys have a feel about how things might change defensively with Aaron Henry in charge. I don't think they'll change intentionally very much, do you? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he was part of Walter's operation. I think they were, they were probably pretty much similar. I, mm-hmm. I, I think we'll stay with the odd front. I think we'll... You know, we'll have that fifth defensive back in there an awful lot, and I think we'll play a lot of man-to-man if we can. Now, there's the question. Will you be able to take a new defensive secondary and play as much man-to-man as they did with Witherspoon and Martin and that gang back there, Snyder? I mean, um, uh, Sydney uh, Brown. Uh, Brown, Sydney yep. Brown. I mm-hmm. says, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can play as much, but if you can't play as much, you won't be as good. You just won't. You you have to play a lot of man to man to be to be successful, I think. And the good teams play a lot of man to man. Yeah, I I do have a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. What baseball Hall of Famer was once a freshman uh, basketball coach at Illinois? Wally Wally Rutger was a, a freshman basketball coach who played baseball with the Yankees. Well, I'm talking about a Hall of Famer. A Hall of Fame baseball player? Yeah. Who what? Who was a fresh freshman coach at and basketball at Illinois? Yeah. Holy uh, Lou Boudreaux? Yeah. 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 That'd be my only guess. Yeah, that, he's the only Hall of Famer yeah. we've had uh, in baseball. Yeah, so he he's he uh in between one year after his first year. In between baseball seasons, he came back and helped out with yeah, the You're right. Basketball he he sure did. Yeah. He was real close with with uh, Doug Mills. He and Doug were really tight. Hmm. So. Good stuff, Carl. Okay, thank, thank you. you, sir. Bye. Good to hear from you. All right, real quick, Super Bowl last night. Uh, the end of the game, of course, you get the, the drive by Mahomes and company, get the late penalty. They burn all the clock. They kick the field goal. There's only time for the kickoff, and then the Eagles have one play. So uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, play-by-play guy Mitch Holtis with the end of the game last night. Hertz takes the snap. The Chiefs only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. There you go. That's Mitch Holtis, who, by the way, years ago was doing play-by-play for Kansas State. Is that right? When Brad Underwood was there. Okay. And they got to know each other okay. pretty well there. And uh, Brad Underwood is a big Chiefs fan to this day. Okay. But, Here's my uh, question. You yeah. know what my question is going to be? Uh, was James Bradbury holding on Juju Smith-Schuster on that pass with a little under two minutes to go? I think he was. Okay. Did he, he in any way change his direction? Did he in any way slow him down? 
Did he? I, he put his hand on him. Yeah, I know. And he said that he did, but did he really tug at it? Well, I thought that they had played almost the entire game. Very few flags. None on the and that not, yeah. not a single interference yeah. call all right. game. All game. And I thought. And you're of telling all me nobody time, ever put their hands on anybody, I right? Know. Of all the times to call it, I thought. And technically, yes, you should call if you see it. You should call yeah. it. But I thought, just don't call it there. And they did. So Greg Olson, who's the analyst for the game, came right out right away and said that was a bad call. Yeah. And the referee but, that was in the booth said, no, I think it's a holding call. He's got to call it. So Yeah. If you look at it over and over again, you realize that it didn't change anything. I mean, it didn't change the route or the ability. of. It didn't slow him down, in other words. It, it looked to me like... He just put his hand on it on his mm-hmm. left hip, yeah. and I didn't see where he grabbed to the extent that it would deserve a call. But it's a shame because it's only a shame in this sense. It would have given uh, Philadelphia a last a minute and a half mm-hmm. to see if they'd get in field goal range to at least tie the game or maybe win it with a long pass. Did but, you see what Pacheco did, the former Rutgers running back? He's running, ready to score a touchdown. And he slides down at the one. Well, that's right. They made a decision beforehand, don't score. Don't score. And I'm not too sure that he wasn't being allowed to score. I'm not too sure. pretty loosey-goosey over there. I think they would rather he scored and let them have the ball. Let's let's just – okay, let's just go back to to the three-point lead. If you give Hertz a a, a minute and a half, what do you think the odds are? Do you think it's 50-50 that you get a field goal uh, a field goal I range? Think, I think so. 50-50. Yeah, yeah. And what is the percentage of not going into the end zone and running the clock down and kicking an extra point, what amount to an extra point? 95% chance you'll make the extra point. So you're you're tr- you're tr- you're taking a 95% chance and no chance that you lose the game in regulation. And every chance, 95% chance, you win the game in regulation by running the clock down. Mm-hmm. Well, here's, the, for me, were key, three key things. One is the fumble return was huge. Oh, He my. just gave the Chiefs six points, yeah, it, dropped the ball. The yeah. other one was the punt return, Terrific. longest punt return, yeah. that set him up on the whatever it was, the five-yard five line. Five yeah. line. I mean, you're not going to stop Mahomes there. So they gave him 14 points. Uh, and the other thing was, I thought when the Eagles settled for a field goal, they've been going for it on third and fourth down, and you kick a field goal, to me, three points when you're only up three, Mahomes is going to take them the other way, and they're going to score, so you're going to be behind anyway. You're going to be I, behind by one point. I, I thought, just go ahead and go for it, because you just as well gamble and, and do it. And but, one thing when nobody's brought up, there were two instances of complete breakdowns by the Philadelphia Eagles secondary and allowing a receiver just to trot into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Two Twice. similar plays in which they were just left unguarded. Like, how could that happen? Here's how the uh, Eagles, each team, I think, had Spanish radio. Here's the, you, You're going to mm-hmm. hear the end of the game here with the Spanish broadcast, I think, on the Eagles' side. And then you're going to hear Kevin Harlan, uh, courtesy of Westwood One, uh, with his call. So here you go, the end of the game. City Chiefs. Son campeones del Super Bowl 57 con el marcador final de 38 por 35. The yard line of Philly, shotgun snap to Hurts. 
dropping back, only one person rushing. Hurts looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass, it lands at the 20, no one is there. Zeros on the clock, it's over, it's over. The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57! So the end of the game right there. For a bunch of laterals on that play? I was. If they caught it. I expected more. Yeah, I expected maybe a shorter <laughs> pass and then a, a, something crazy toward the end. Towards the end. Didn't happen. All right, 10-22, a break. Back with more. Got some callers ready to go and a lot of texts and emails. Monday morning quarterback show here with Lauren Tate. We had Bruce Weber on in the first hour. Back after this. Hey, it's Scott Robbins. We didn't from do the a great Van job you know, We're talking our, our everything break, from serious to did, absurd. We, we Join us tonight we at 7 we right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 you know, FM. It's part of that growth, but I, I hope I wanted to have learned at Ohio State and Michigan State. I know, you know we're down a player and down a point guard, a primary ball handler, but still we have fully capable players. So, you know, it was, it was disappointing to see just how, you know, how we – did not handle it well during that stretch. And, and that's where they scored all their points. We did great in the half court defensively. It was it was all off of turnovers. Um, and, and that's what they do. I know that's what they do. But we, we got to be better than that because we had an opportunity today. Ryan Barnard with Lawrence Tate. Monday morning quarterback show here this morning. UC Bank, as we celebrate the special people in your life on Valentine's Day, that is tomorrow, by the way, and throughout the year, give them the love letter that lives on an estate plan. More than half of Americans, according to Caring.com, 60% do not have an up-to-date estate plan. Complete a message to loved ones, no matter your stage in life. UC Wealth Management can help with that with a packet to outline your life, your legacy, and your wishes through fill-in-the-blank style questions. Busey Wealth Management, here to guide you through the estate planning process. Call 1-800-67-BUSEY to discuss your wishes and request a message to my loved ones. Super Bowl 57, a listener says, was the first Super Bowl I've watched in seven years. I stopped watching the NFL when the players began taking a knee to our national anthem. Having served in the military, I supported the right to protest. I didn't agree with it, but the right to protest is something Americans have been serving our country and fighting and dying for our freedom for nearly 250 years. However, it was also my right to take a knee to their game. So I boycotted the NFL for seven years. Last month when DeMar Hamlin nearly died with a heart attack on the field and all the players knelt for the right reasons, I decided to start watching again. There's enough politics on TV and social media. Watching sports is one of my escapes from politics. I wish that they would not use it as a platform for their political agendas. Sports are one of the few things that we as Americans can be united in. Eagles fans, Democrats and Republicans were united cheering for their team. Likewise were the Kansas City fans. So, yeah, it, uh, the anthems were great, all the pregame. How would you like halftime? I didn't really see much of it. I've seen clips, but it's um, – As an old-timer, it bothers me that you can't hear more clearly exactly what's being – I mean, it's a great production, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I understand – you know, I'm obviously not – familiar with the songs mm-hmm. but nevertheless it was it was a spectacular halftime well it was and uh, i guess so well orchestrated i mean how do you get that many people to dance exactly the same for the, yeah. the entire half and by the way halftime was 29 minutes a half hour yeah and the field was slippery <laughs> oh, it looked sure like was. there was a lot of slippery and i'm sure the show didn't help the, it was uh it was a, a blend of blue of uh, bermuda and ryegrass and it was just almost watery. Yeah, 
and they everybody was slipping. Even the guys celebrating touchdowns, yeah, yeah, were slipping <laughs> when they when they were doing it. Ten twenty-seven. I got to get another break in. I fell behind in the last hour. Let me do that and hang on, callers. Back to you here after this timeout here on a penny for your thoughts. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. Illinois basketball plays tomorrow night, right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Looks for help. He's in trouble. Now to Rogers, right of the lane, tie. Out top, left side, Hawkins with eight to shoot. Pass in the corner, Meyer, right side, three is good! Matthew Meyer, he didn't hit any in the first half, but he's hit one there. I think the Illini started one of 12 beyond the arc. That's right. And Harris hit the first one. Mm-hmm. And then Meyer didn't hit any till late in the game, and that was a big one uh, late in the game that went over Rutgers. Penn State tomorrow night. we got Sports Talk tonight. we got the uh, Esquire. We've got the Prep Confidential as we're into the almost into the postseason here now as we start to crank it up for the boys uh, heading for Champaign. Of course, the girls' uh, postseason as well uh, coming up here as they head that direction. Someone asked, what is Melendez's status? Um, I don't know. Well, I didn't, we didn't even know during the game why he wasn't playing. I, there was, he hadn't announced it, had he? At that he had point. not said anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't talk a lot about it the whole after the game either, so I don't know. When did it come out? I mean, it came out that night. but Post-game press conference, I think. No, it wasn't. Really? Not it wasn't. during the. I was there during okay. the press conference. It was not discussed, but okay. it, it must, he must have been asked directly after the press conference. That's my guess. Okay. Well, it, it, at first, and I didn't think much about it because Luke Goody got in there, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's where he's gonna, mm-hmm. what he's gonna do for right now. And then in the second half, when we, Illinois was making that 19-0 run, I thought, well, he doesn't want to disturb it, so just leave it where it is. And I thought, I, I didn't give it a second thought till later. I was like, oh yeah, he didn't play. So that game went from 41 to 47. We're trailing by six to 60 to 47. Yeah. Real fast, <laughs> yeah. A couple of minutes here before the news. Uh, Jeff is with us. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Good morning, guys. Very enjoyable uh, show. Certainly one of the most enjoyable uh, I can recall. Not that they're not all, but anyway, <laughs> I appreciate that. Not at all, um, Lauren. I wanted to reminisce with you briefly about uh, one of the biggest days in my life. I was uh, only in the fourth grade at the time, and we are ten days removed from uh, the anniversary of uh, of that uh, event. I wanted to just quiz you a little bit and give you some details, see if you recall what it is. Um, we, <clears throat> excuse me, my family and I, they took me with them. As I said, I was a little guy at the time. We entered through door six, portal six, for a start at 3.30, but the doors closed at 3.28 p.m. Do you uh, recall any of those details? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know what, I don't know what sports you're talking about. I don't know what uh, portal you're talking about. Huff Jim. Okay. Um, okay. The tickets, the tickets always said 3.30 tip-off, but it said doors closed 3.28 p.m. Okay. And um, our tickets said door, enter door 6, portal 6. And uh, the last time I drove by Huff, which was probably about 15 years ago now, I could, could still see uh, 
door six, portal six, uh, were still marked there. I wanted to know, Lauren, if you remembered much about that game. Um, and the reason it sticks in my mind is something that's come that I've just kind of thought about more recently and certainly not at the time. And that is that there was no observance that it, or recognition of it being the final game there. And, oh. uh, you know, now whenever any kind of a arena closes, there is massive recognition of it. Um, what comes to mind is Bush Stadium 2 and the final game there. That's been a few years removed now. But with Huff, there was no recognition of that. In fact, what I recall was most people were eager to uh, to get it out of there and into the new, as it was called then, of course, Assembly Hall. There was far more excitement about the first game in the Assembly Hall than uh, than the final game at Huff. Yeah, and well, the final game at I wasn't I wasn't here in 1963. I have no recollection of anything at Huff at, in that year, uh, but uh, I was here for the first game at the Assembly Hall uh, late that season. And they played because they played most of the no, year at Huff, and then yeah. went over to the. And I know that we were battling for the Big Ten championship, which we Correct. shared with Ohio State that year, and. I know a lot of people didn't want us to go over there because they thought we were losing our advantage at Huff. Illinois had a real advantage at Huff. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. Hmm. But uh, two things I remember about the game were, one, the chief was there. I believe it was the first time I ever saw him live. And second, um, Lauren, one of your favorite uh, officials was there, and I'm not being sarcastic, Jim Enright worked mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. And – what I remember about him was, you, you probably recall, he was kind of a uh, portly guy. Mm-hmm. and um, Short and fat. This is, <laughs> correct. And uh, we were sitting halfway up the bleachers near the scorer's table, and I heard an exchange with uh, Jim Enright and a fan uh, during a timeout, which still sticks with me. Lauren, do you remember the phrase Kennedy hike? I don't think so. Hmm. JFK was saying throughout the first couple of years of his presidency that I believe the phrase he used was Americans are cream pops. And ladies and gentlemen, I want everybody to get, I urge everybody to get a decent, strenuous walk, at least in Hmm. every day. Kennedy hike. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And uh, there was a fan razzing Jim Enright about how chubby he was. And, uh, you know, could he get up and down the floor? And he just looked him straight in the eye and said, this is my Kennedy hike. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good stuff, Jeff. Hey, thank you for sharing all that. Not at all. I I think about Huff uh, every now and then because February 23rd was also my late mom's birthday. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I have reason to to recall that that particular date very Two good. good reasons for it thank you jeff not at all have a great good day stuff. guys cbs news brought to you by first mid bank and trust providing financial solutions since 1865 here's cbs Hi, this is Scott Beatty inviting you for Sports Talk this afternoon from 4 to 6. We chat all things Illini and more right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. Yeah, they're getting good, aren't they? (laughs) Yes, they are. They're getting good, aren't they? Um, 
Yeah, you know, and, and to be honest, I mean, Jaden didn't have one of his better days, mm -hmm. but defensively, yes. we all look, Jaden defensively now, uh, Spencer's a terrific player for them mm -hmm. and, and made his life really hard, and, and we felt like we, we isolated the game a little bit, made it a two-on-two -two middle ball screen game. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we wanted to do. Uh, didn't give him a lot of looks. Uh, so Jaden was very good, and then, you know, the second half, it was – it was sincere, and, and, I mean, Ty Rogers gets every rebound. Yes. You know, on this side of the Mississippi, it feels like. I mean, he just he grabs mm -hmm. everything. And, uh, um, you know, we turned that rebounding side around, you know, mm -hmm. to win by five. And uh, that's, that's you know, it's what we keep talking about, defense and rebounding win. And, and uh, that was a big part of it. On a penny for your thoughts, our Monday morning quarterback show brought to you by our friends at Berkey's, your hometown Kubota dealer, 2202 High Cross Road in Urbana. We'll have the mayor of Urbana on at the end of the week, Diane Marlin, on Friday. Vaughn Young joins us on Wednesday. I'll do just an hour tomorrow from State College, Pennsylvania, and then we'll have On the Money at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We leave this afternoon for State College, PA, or University Park, or whatever you want to call it. We're all there together uh, in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania. And it's a pretty remote area, but it is... Uh, very pretty place. Uh, Brett Bielema talks a lot about his Devo group. I know all programs have non-playing kids that run opposition plays and get coached to someday play, but does Bielema put an emphasis on it more than others? He talks about it a lot, and I was just wondering if it's been one reason for his success throughout his career. You well, know. I since we don't see practices, I don't have any way to comment on how anybody else does it or how he does it, really. I mean... I know that he has a a, a lineup of uh, of players that run the other team's plays. He does seem to mention it more yeah. than other coaches have yeah. done. And in fact, the early stages of the bull prep, he that's all they did for a few days mm -hmm. was the kids that were didn't play a lot that give you the look, the scout team basically on the on the other side. Uh, by the way, uh, Jeff mentioned the uh, last game at Huff. It was February twenty third, nineteen sixty three. And Illinois beat Wisconsin. Illinois was ranked sixth that year. They got as high as number three. And they beat Wisconsin 89-77. Then they played at Minnesota on February 25th, at Michigan on March 2nd, and came back March 4th, 1963, to play Northwestern and won 79-73. And Rich Falk scored the first basket. I just saw Rich this year, <laughs> and he reminded me of that again. <laughs> he, he does every time. It, yeah. It's kind of funny because he always, right, Dion, I got a trivia question for you. You know, and Rich so and scored I scored the, the first two points in the assembly. Rich also. and I are the only two people in America that want to see six fouls instead of five. <laughs> we want the rule. <laughs> yeah. He tried to get that rule changed. He was he, the head of the officials. Yeah, he tried his best, but uh, they say they're staying at five. And Rick Schmidt told me he would have scored the first two points in the McHale Center in Arizona, but his feet were out of bounds. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, his feet were out of bounds. That's what he says. Okay. Yeah. So that's what he told me the other day. Uh, I thought the best moment, somebody says, of yesterday occurred before the game, seeing tears run down the cheeks of a player. May have been a coach. I think it was the coach. Maybe, the, maybe a different player you're thinking of, but – I saw the Philadelphia coach had tears running down his face. I saw that, yeah. During the national anthem was touching. And any news of RJ, we have not heard more on that. All right, we go to Terry up next here on a Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Hi, Terry. Good morning, Brian and Lauren. Hey, this is a question with regard to the uh, um, State Farm Center basketball games. But uh, all of you are aware of the 
portion of the game uh, uh, interlude where they come out and shoot the T-shirts and stuff up into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to point a different direction for that in, in its entirety. Uh, who is the current baseball coach for Illinois? Dan Hartlib. There you go. Mm-hmm. Could you possibly encourage Dan to bring his team of hitters and players? So you set up uh, high, huh? I set up in the chief section of Section C, and I'd like to see those players come out and not only be introduced, but hit those uh, T-shirts up into the upper level for okay. some of us, okay? That's okay. a great idea. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll mention well, that to now, Kent Brown when I see him. Now, now the gun well, the, the gun they use to shoot them has gotten a lot bigger. Oh, It shoots them up there pretty high. Yeah, but, it but, does. But, well, but, but uh, the, it, it always seems, obviously, that the lower uh, levels obviously are benefiting from all of this, but anyway, it was just a thought. So yeah, a lot of them go it. right into the student uh, into the orange crush, which doesn't take much of an arm to get it there. Exactly, that's, exactly. That's a great so idea. Anyway. I like that. Well, thanks, Brian. But yeah. anyway, if you run across Dan, give him an idea or two. Okay, we will. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Appreciate it, Terry. That's a great idea. Baseball, by the way, starts this week. In Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Youngstown State and Wake Forest, the opponents. 11 a.m. start this Friday. We'll have a pregame at 1045 on Friday morning, and Scott Beatty will have the call of Illinois baseball. By the way, that's 63 Illinois team tied for first with Ohio State, and it was 11-3 and three was the record. Illinois was 20-6. and six, Ohio State was 20-4. and four. Of course, Ohio State had a great run in the early 60s. Yeah, that was right after Lucas and Heinrich and Siegfried uh, graduated. When they had those that great run, they had the national championship team and finished second to Cincinnati, and Tony Yates. Indiana finished team. third that year, nine and five. Yeah, only played fourteen games. We'd be done by now. Yeah, yeah. Ten season would be done. It just kind of <laughs> gradually goes up, fourteen yeah, to eighteen to twenty. By the way, Purdue finished last that year, two and twelve hmm. in nineteen sixty three, and Illinois beat Bowling Green in the NCAA tournament in East Lansing, and then lost to Loyola of Chicago. There they are again. And that was the Loyola team, of course, that won it. That was the famous game. Yeah. You know You know who else played up there? Mississippi. You remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mississippi, Mississippi or Mississippi State? I can't yeah. remember. It was yeah. one or the other. I think I think it was Mississippi State that went up there, and but I'm not sure. I was one of them. And, of course, they had to sneak out of town in order to play up there because they had members of uh, black members of their team. Right. And they weren't – They were, I'm sorry, they had no black members and they were not allowed to play against a black team. And uh, they snuck up there and Loyola beat them. Hmm. Yep, that was uh, part beat, of that part and, of that tournament. And beat everybody else, too. Yes, they did. That's <laughs> pretty good. To, pretty good team. 1047, uh, back in a moment here. Let me get this time out in and then we'll continue on a penny for your thoughts. Hi, it's Clay from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Catch us beginning at 11 a.m. today right here on News Talk 1493.9 FM DWS. Ten forty nine. As we head for the top of the hour, we got Bruce Weber off the top of the show. It's been action packed here. We got uh, full lines here and trying to get to as many as we can. Uh, we were talking about Illinois in that nineteen sixty three year. For last game at Huff, first game at the Assembly Hall. Then wound up losing to Loyola, who took on Mississippi State. And it was a Mississippi rule that Mississippi State players 
could not no Mississippi players could play against an integrated school, but the president uh, Dean Colward and also um, the head coach Babe McCarthy defied the unwritten rule and at the risk of being arrested, McCarthy snuck out of town separate from the team and but both arrived in in East Lansing for the game and uh, so they played that game and. Mm. And and Mississippi State lost. They had a good team that year. They were twelve and two in the in the SEC. Just amazing though when you, you know, and that was reality at the time. You think about it now, and you go, you know, it's like, come on, man. I know. You know what's going on, and that's just the way it was. And uh, I'm glad things have changed. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It, it was it was bad. I mean, I, I I I ran across some situations myself that. that made me remember I don't know if I should even bring them up but there were locally things here that uh, mm. there, were, there were a problem because I was on a softball team with Snapper Johnson who was a black uh, he actually attended the University of Illinois at that time great great pitcher and I was a catcher on that team softball team and we had problems getting drinks in bars after games mm. we were in one specific case that I brought up that I thought about recently is that we were told, Okay, you drink this drink and then please leave. That type of thing. Really? And, and, and so, yeah. if you, you know, and that's what we did. We drank one drink and left mm. because rather than cause trouble. But, and Snapper never seemed to be bothered about it. But mm. the, I mean, obviously he was, but. Sure. Wow. All right, back to the phones. Ruth is with us. Hi, Ruth. Good morning. Hello. This is a sad Purdue fan. Mm. Yeah. And. Yeah, from yesterday, and I think we helped out the Illini because we play you guys the last game of the season. That's right, so at Mackey Arena. Real t- yeah, we have a very tough schedule. We're going Thursday to Maryland, which hasn't lost a game at all this year and their place. And then, of course, we have to come home to Indiana later on, and then, uh, then we have Illinois. So we'll see what happens. Yep, still a ways to go, and uh, you know, teams are trying different things, trying to figure out how to stop Edie. And oh, Northwestern yeah. did a pretty good job of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, they have two really good guards, and then um, it helped earlier that um, Adige wasn't hitting, but he came alive at the end, and that's what happened. So, uh, good luck to Illinois at Penn State. Uh, they'll be hungry for sure too. So. Well, Ruth, we appreciate you calling in and being a friendly Purdue fan. That's good. Okay. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank thank you. you. Yeah, I don't think there's the, um, with Purdue, not the same animosity that there is towards Indiana. I don't think so. You know, because Purdue doesn't like Indiana. When you go to Purdue for that final game, you're going to be swamped with with Purdue fans. I mean, (laughs) they are really, and they're so orchestrated. They're so organized. They Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, it's 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 just gorgeous in there if you're a Purdue fan. It's it's the loudest arena that I've ever been in. Me too. I went it there really last is. year. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's really something. Uh, and, and it's not it's not just pure sound. I mean, there's a there's a method to their madness. A rhythm to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike's got something for us. Hi, Mike. Morning, Brian. Morning, Lauren. Hey, I have a comment on the Super Bowl yesterday. The P.I. At the, toward the end of the game against uh, Philadelphia, uh, I watched that play. That 
the receiver couldn't have caught that pass if he's 12 foot tall. That was, uh, Mahomes was actually trying to throw that thing in the back left corner of the end zone. He knew he was covered. He wasn't even trying to throw a catchable pass. I think, I think the referees really missed that one yesterday. And lastly, well, the call, the, wait, wait a minute. The call is made before the ball is, is, uh, lands. I mean, th- th- this is not a decision whether it could be caught or not. I mean, that's. Hey, Lauren, I'm, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm saying, I don't care who you, you'd have to be 12 foot tall to catch that ball anyway. I know. I agree. I know it couldn't be caught, but that's not, that's not pertinent in this case. I'm saying that, but they picked up flags before and it should have. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, la- lastly, Chris Stapleton did a heck of a job with the national anthem. That Rihanna or whatever name it is. I hope there wasn't kids watching. I turned my TV to another channel right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right. Okay. Hey, we're glad glad you're listening. Thank you. Back in a moment here. Penny for your thoughts. Ten fifty five. Gallo Miller, paint and collision repair, south side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exit. They have a lot of great reviews. Doug and Champagne, the car was extremely clean, and the fix took only one day. I was taken care of immediately. Haley and Tolono, your company was exceptional throughout the whole process. Derek in Urbana says, as always, the work was amazing. Car looks better than before it was damaged. If you have a collision and you need some work done, give them a call, 217-353-0770. Go to gallomiller.com for more information. South side of I-74 between the Neal and Prospect exits. Uh, hello, Brian and Lauren. Thoughts about the T-shirt gun? U of I has the best engineering school in the country. I wonder why they can't build a better launcher for the T-shirts that would reach the top rows. Well, I can. that's a really big launcher they have now. It's like That's a, a long way up there. It's a, like that. a repeating thing. It's uh, yep. Gatling gun, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yep. I mean, it shoots out several... Yeah, in a row, and they're getting they're getting better at it. So, uh, Steve Bardo mentioned that Williams was the Darren Williams was the best point guard Illinois had. I go back as far as Tal Brody. We've had some good ones. Do you agree, Darren was the best? Steve well, said. he was the best in terms of what he did professionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd say he. I almost have to say he was the best point guard. He's a mm-hmm. really good passer. Yeah, Bruce Douglas would you know? Bruce was really good. There, you know, yeah. You can think but of Bruce a bunch. couldn't shoot. Not like that. No. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting well, question. How many point guards have we had to make it in the NBA like that? Like I mean, that. to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. Had some other guy. You know, Eddie Johnson was a shooter. Oh, yeah. forward that oh, played yeah. a long time, but that's different. Yeah. So, uh, and sad Purdue fans are the best Purdue fans. Somebody <laughs> says, go, go, okay. go Illini, they say. Okay, well. Uh, we'll be over there at the end of the season, but uh, we got two tough ones this week at Penn State and Indiana, the two teams that beat us here in Champaign earlier this year. So we'll do the show tomorrow from State College, Pennsylvania, uh, in the just one hour, and then Paul. What time Rudy, you fly out? Three uh, thirty today. Yeah. Yep. So we'll head out uh, there and be in State College tonight, and then get ready for the game tomorrow night at six. Our game day coverage comes your way at four. Tomorrow, we've got the Esquire. We've got the Prep Confidential. No uh, coaches show tonight. Uh, so the Brad Pre- Dancer's at the Esquire tonight. Okay, Brad Dancer mm-hmm. is at the Esquire tonight at 5. Prep Confidential show, which is a great show. Joey and Colin and Ross will put all that together. So enjoy all of that. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning from State College, PA, on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Adam Austin for his help today.
your CBS.